0: I guess I know how y'all feel. Y'all think the sermon's over, but it ain't. I thought that song was over, What it wasn't. <laughs> Amen. If you turn your Bibles, please, to the, to the book of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 11. We're going to begin with verse number 5 this morning. Lord Jesus has been teaching us uh, how to pray, and what better person it is to learn how to pray, because not only is he the one who has been sent from, uh, from above, but uh, also because of his life was so marked with prayer. And uh, he always knew that whatever he faced that day, that prayer was very important in his life. And uh, so we, we learned uh, that there was going to be two parts of his teaching uh, us how to pray, that he was going to teach us the, the form. He was going to get us to learn to start to begin how to learn to, prayer, to pray. And he was going to do that by two ways. First, that he was going to show us a form, he was going to give us a beginning prayer for us to begin to, our, to begin our prayer journey and to get us work out of that and over the course of time in our experience upon calling upon God that we we learn to, to grow more in that prayer and we speak more intimately and we speak more uh, specifically to him in our times of prayer and I hope that you have been putting that uh, into practice. But today we're going to focus on the second element is that he's wanting to teach us some principles. Just as when he taught in the Sermon on the Mount, his uh, teaching on the form of prayer was surrounded by the principles, these facts in life, these things that you need to remember, these sort of slogans, if you will, that you need to remember in your prayer. And so as we focus on these this morning, I really want us to think about what really is fundamentally in our prayer and how important it is to our daily life and what it is that we're actually doing when we're praying. So let's join together as we read in the book of Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse number 5, where we hear these words. And he said to them, that being Jesus, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, uh, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him, and he will answer from within, do not bother me the door uh, is now shut and my children are with me in bed and I cannot go up and give you anything I tell you though he is not he will not get up and give him anything because he is your fr- cause he is a friend yet because of his impudence he will rise and give him whatever he needs and I tell you ask and it will be given unto you seek and you will find knock and it will be opened to you and everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if a son asks for a fish, uh, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give to the, give to the Holy Spirit, to those who ask him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day that you've given us, Lord, and we thank you for the word. Lord, And we just pray, Lord, that we take these words in our heart, Lord, and we lie out to influence and rule over our lives, Lord, that we seek in this time to think about how much time we're actually spending with you. Lord, that we seek to be bold as we come before you, Lord, and ask of the things that we need. And, Lord, that we go and we seek out the things that we need. And, Lord, when we face those barriers and obstacles that are staying in our way, Lord, that we knock on that door. Lord, and pray that you will open it to us, Lord. And, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you open up our hearts as we hear these words this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to give you three principles of prayer. These three principles that you need to keep in your mind as you guide, as you guide, and you grow in your relationship with God and your personal time with God. And the first principle I want to give to you is this: and that prayer is the most important thing that you will do in the course of your day. Now, this principle was introduced to us. Uh, before he gave us this teaching at all. These last couple of verses there in chapter 10. And I can't help but think that Luke did this on purpose, that he was giving sort of an introduction to Jesus' teaching on prayer, that he teaches us the story about Mary and Martha and Jesus' encounter uh, with those two, about how Martha was so busy uh, wanting to take care of the the necessity things, so worried about taking them. Taking, them, uh, taking care of the meal and taking care of the servant details, and those things are important. Meanwhile, her sister Mary was off, and she was just at the feet of Jesus, just absorbing into that time. And Martha was just upset that uh, that her sister wasn't helping her. And Jesus had to remind Martha that there's a lot of important things that we do in the course of our day, a lot of things that need to be tended to, but the most important thing, the most important priority in our life is that we spend time with God in prayer and studying His Word. Now, a lot of people will say that you're busy, and we're all busy, and we all have things to do. And a lot of times, maybe we're not as busy as we say that we are, but we always feel like our time is of an essence, that our time is very much valuable. And we say, you know what, I don't have time for prayer because I got this going on or I got that going on. But I want you to understand this truth in life, that if you're too busy for prayer, then you're just way too busy. And he wants us to understand that prayer was the most important thing to do in your life. And prayer was the most important thing in Jesus' life. You would always find him making time to prayer, whether it would be in the morning. They would see him and they would go off saying, Jesus, look, everybody's looking for you to do some more miracles. But uh, Jesus would say, would slip off to a mountain because he knew that time with God was the most important part of his day, or even as we find him in this situation, he has gone off from the busyness of teaching of his disciples and has gone off to pray and is now returning to him. And you think about one of the most dire nights in his life when uh, he was facing the, the reality of the crucifixion, the reality of betrayal, the reality of his disciples walking around for him, he went off and he prayed to make himself ready for what was coming. He prayed while the disciples sleep. And so when the opposition came, Jesus was ready, but the disciples were not because they didn't pray. We always need to make time for prayer because it's the most important thing that we do in our life. But you say, I'm too busy. You say, that's not true. You're saying, I've got more pressing things that i got to tend to. But let me tell you what that is like. Let's just say, you were going on a trip to Florida that morning. All right. You're going to go out there to, uh, to Florida on the beach, or maybe you're going to be like, Brother Mark, you're going to go off to Hawaii. And uh, before you left, you say, Well, I need to go to Hawaii, but I also need to get, get gas for my car because I'm on empty. But I'd rather go to Florida than go fill up my tank. And so you go tearing down the interstate. What's going to happen? You're going to run out of gas. And that's the same way we are. We say, look, Lord, I want to spend time in prayer, but I really got to get busy doing this. And you say, well, I got to get busy doing this. And so you go get busy doing that. And what happens? You're going to run out of gas. You're not going to be able to accomplish what it is to you because I don't know about you, but the scripture tells me that without Christ, I can do nothing. And that's the reality of our life. And that's the importance that Jesus puts on prayer in our life, is that we need them, and it's the most important thing that we have to have in our life. And in in seeking in that importance for us to remember, we're hacking back to the principles that uh, Jesus taught in the Sermon to the Mount uh, about prayer and its importance. And um. And I just kind of want to read these quickly to you from uh, Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read uh, verses 5 through 7. It says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and, you, uh, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And then he goes on to say, "And when you pray, do not heap up uh, earthly phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their uh, for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him." And I want you to think he's almost alliterating on the importance of prayer is that he's saying that prayer is important because it represents your intimate time with God. It's not a show. It's not something to be doing to, to be done where other people can see it, but it's in your time with God to build intimacy that you speak to him and he speaks to you. And if any relationship is going to work in your life, that's what it takes. It takes time alone for you to work it out. If your relationship with your spouse is going to work, it's going to take intimate time, time with just you and that other person, that spouse, that you develop almost a language, that you, you develop that time where you talk about the things that are on your heart. And it's very important that you take that time. And if you don't take that time, you're not going to be able to grow in your relationship relationship. And the second thing he wants us to think about in uh, thinking about our intimacy with God is for us to not think that it's just about getting the right words. You know, that's the way a lot of the the hypocrites, that's the way a lot of the Pharisees thought. And that's the way uh, that the other uh, religions thought that there was some sort of secret code. There was something that you had to do in order to get God's attention. And if you knew the, the right phrases, you know, they'd almost reduce prayer to almost like a, a magic spell. You know, you needed a magic spell. You'd have to get your little wand out, and you'd have to tap it on the, the little pot or whatever, and you say the right words, hocus pocus, alabacocus. And if you didn't get the right, you know, instead of turning someone, making someone handsome, you know, you turn them in the frog because you didn't get the words right. And a lot of times we think about that in our prayer, that we're worried about getting the words right, saying the right things. But Jesus came back and said, you know what? The father now already knows what you need before you ask. You see, when we pray to God, we're not giving him the news report. We're not saying, uh, dear Lord, you know, I just want you to pray for Johnny. You know, he's done broke his leg and he's hurt. You know, God's not sitting there. Why well, didn't know that? What hospital is he in? You know, the father already knows what we need. And so the purpose of their prayer is not to inform God. It's not necessarily to give information, but it's about the time that we spend with him. And that is the essence. And that's why Jesus taught Mary and Martha that prayer and time with God is the most important thing that you do in your day. And we need to treat it like it. And so what does Jesus say you know, look, you need to find a time and a place where it can just be between you and God. Now, that can be hard for some of us, right? Because it's hard for you to get alone. It's hard to get for you to get by yourself. Now, I remember when I was in college and uh, I lived in the dorm, you know, it was just hard to get by yourself. You always had a roommate. There was always kind of noise coming above you, noise coming below you. There always seemed to be something going on. It was hard to get off by yourself, where you could spend time with God or even just have time for quiet. But he says, you know what? If you work hard enough, he can find that way. And Jesus, where he found his time was very, very early in the morning. He found his time that maybe 4 o'clock, maybe 5 o'clock there in the morning, he could slip away and he can go far and he could find his time with God. Because very few people are looking for you at four o'clock in the morning. And very few people really even want to see you at four o'clock in the morning. And so that makes a great time, but you need to find a time and a place that you can spend alone with God. And I hope you found that in your life. And this next principle that he wants to teach us brings us to the the, the, the scripture that we have today. And that is that we have to put effort into our time with God. That we have to put effort into our time and our relationship with God. Now I want you to think about the story that he tells us. He says, "Look, there's this guy, and uh, he had a, a friend, and uh, his friend was as a, a baker. And uh, this guy, he had a crisis that every Baptist dreads, and that is this: we ain't got no food. Okay, so look, he's there, he's there, uh, he's there. He's by himself, and all of a sudden, here come some guests, and he looks around and says, man, I ain't got no food. And so this Baptist realizes he ain't got no food, and now here come these other Baptists looking for food, and he knows he's in trouble, and he gets into a panic, and he says, man, I gotta do something. Well, I know my buddy, he's a, he's a baker. I know he's always got food. And so he went to his buddy, and he goes knock on the door, and it's midnight. And it's midnight, and he's knocking on the door, and he says, look, I want you, look, I got people coming, they're hungry, they want something to eat, and I don't want to be embarrassed, I don't want to know what's going to happen if, if, if all these Baptists get in here, and we ain't got no food, ain't no telling what they'll do. I need something to eat, I need something to give them. And Jesus says, you know what? He's not going to do, that baker's not going to do anything for him Because of his friendship, not because of his relationship or how much he cares about him, but because of his impudence, because of his persistence, because of his, the Greek word there is amabilium, which I'm sure it's something like that, but not quite that because I can't pronounce it that way. And one of the phrases that was given as a definition of that word is this. It's someone who acts insensitively to what is proper. They act with no sensitivity to what is proper. In other words, how most of us act while we out in public. We don't care what anybody thinks. We don't care about who does. We're just going to say and we're just going to kind of do what we want to do. And that's the way this person was, is that he got into a desperate situation. He was so desperate to have that request filled. He didn't care about who he was going to upset. He didn't care if it was 12 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning. He needed to get this need fed, met. And he didn't care what it took to get it done. And Jesus says that's the way that we should be. In our prayers. Now, does that mean that Jesus is kind of like that person who doesn't care about us because of our relationship, but if we keep begging God enough, then he'll do what we ask? No, that's not what he is saying. He's saying, that's the way that you are that you understand that just in your world, how just persistence can get things done, then how much more can our persistence get things done in our hearts, in our lives? And he says that you, in your prayer time, when you come before the Lord, you need to learn to ask, you need to learn to seek, and you need to learn to knock. What does it mean when we ask? Well, in other words, when we ask, it's sort of an act of humility. In other words, there's something that I do not have. There's something that I cannot do on my own. There's something that I need from you. There's something that I need from somebody else. And so I am a desperate person, and I'm in a desperate need. And I think that you can fulfill that need, so I'm going to boldly ask you. And that's what Jesus says for us to do. He wants us to ask He wants us to realize that there are things that we cannot do on our own. There are things that we need that we cannot provide for ourselves. And in that humility, we say, look, I need those things. Where can I get those things? And so we look up to our Father, who is the giver of all things and who is the creator of all things. And so we ask him, Lord, I know that you are the giver of all things. I need this. And that really is the heart of our prayer when we ask God to do the things that we can't do on our own. We ask him to give us the things that we need that we can't provide for ourselves when we realize that the Lord is the source of all things, and so we ask him for those things. Now, a lot of people don't think they need God. A lot of people think that they can get by without God. And what happens to you, Well, Brother Mark told us, what happens to us, we wind up on that mountain, huh? We wind up in that desert. And it's in those times we realize how much we need God's help in our life. And so we ask. Not only do we ask, but we seek. What does it mean to seek? What well, means like I'm not seeing the thing I need right here in front of me. And then I have to do what it is, what good Baptist church people hate to do. And that is this. Get off up their pew and do something. Get off the pew and go look for us. A lot of us in the disposition that that we can just pray to God for something and it's just going to fall upon our head. That we're just going to pray it into an existence that it's just going to appear there before us. But what Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to give you these things. I'm going to provide for these things, but you're going to have to seek them out. What does Jesus tell us again in in the scripture? It says, seek first the kingdom of God. Go out there and look for it. What does he tell us a lot of times in the Proverbs? That wisdom is all around us, but you have to go out and seek it. You have to go out and look for it. You have to make the effort to go out there and grab it. And so he's saying that uh, things that we need aren't necessarily going to be in front of us, but we have to go out there and put some work into it and go out and let God meet us there. We pray that the Lord would grow our church. And we pray and we just want to think, I guess, in our mind that the door is going to swing open. and People are just going to walk in and that'd be great. But what the Lord's really going to say is say, look, I need you to go out and seek. I need you to put some work into that. I need you to go out there and search for it. Because our seeking really reveals how much we really desire something. You know, a lot of us, we have wants. We want this and we want that. But a lot of times when it comes into putting in our own resources and our own time, we decide we don't really want it as much. And we ask a lot of things from the Lord, but how much do we really want them? Are we willing to change the way we live? Are we willing to truly change our behaviors? Are we really willing to put some work into it? Are we really willing to put the effort into seeing God do a work In our hearts, in our life, are we seeking? So we ask and we seek, but we also knock. What does knock imply? Knock imply there's a door there. In other words, there's a barrier between me and what I need. There's a barrier between me and what I want. And I need to get to the other side. And the Lord says to us, knock. That we pound on those barriers and ask the Lord to open those things up. That there are doors that we cannot open on our own. There are barriers that we can't seem to get around. And so we knock on that door and pray that the Lord will open up that barrier in our hearts, in our lives. There's opposition. And there's always going to be an obstacle. And there's always going to be an opposition between what you're asking God for and how to get to it. And so we call on the Lord not just for the thing, not just that he would provide it, not even just that we would go out and look for it, but yet he would help us overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. And what's the great word of truth that he gives us for our prayers? That you know what? Anyone who asks, it'll be given to him. And every time we go out and seek for it, we're going to find it. And any time we come to the Father and we knock, he will open up that door and he will make a way. That's what prayer can do in your heart and in your life and all of your situations, but only if you're willing to take the time to put the effort into it. But not only does he tell us that prayer is the most important thing in our lives, in our day, not only does he tell us that we need to put our work into it, but he wants us to reflect. He wants us to reflect and remember the goodness of our Father in heaven. Listen to me, say, look, you know, you have children. Which one of you, if, uh, you know, your child you know, ask for, a, oh, a loaf of bread, we'll just give them a steak. Which uh, one of you, if, uh, you know, they ask for an egg, we'll just give them a stone. And he says, you know what? If you evil people, and you just think about how we as a humanity, how evil we can be, but if even we know how to give good gifts, how much more does our Father in heaven Know how to give good gifts. You know, not only does our Father know what we need before we even ask Him, but He's also capable of providing for the things that we need. And He takes loving joy in providing those things for us. But we have to have a confidence as we come before the Lord that He gives us good gifts. You know, James said that, you know what? when uh, you're tempted don't say that the lord is tempting you and then he talks about how we tempt ourselves he says but you know what the father our loving father he's the source of every good and perfect gift coming down from the father of lights and so we know that the good things come from the lord and the bad things and the evil things come from satan and our own desires and so we must remember that the Lord desires and will give us good things. And that's important for us to remember because when we pray, the way that the Lord answers, answers us may not be the way that we want. Maybe he works in our situation in a way that we didn't expect. Maybe in those times that we asked that God would heal a person in this way or heal us in this way. He doesn't really do it. And we say, Lord, why? Why didn't you hear our prayer? Well, it's important to know that the Lord does hear our prayers. But he answers us in a way that's a hot lot higher and a lot above our ways. As Isaiah taught us this morning, that his ways are not our ways. And his timing is not our timing. And so as we pray, we're taking that situation, we're taking that hurt, we're taking that request, and we are putting it in the hands of God. And we're saying as we pray that, Lord, here's how I would like you to work, but we're putting it in his hand and trusting him that in the way that he responds to us, in the way that he answers us, is loving and caring and the right thing. A lot of times it's hard for us to believe in God's goodness. When we read God's commands and things that he tells us to stay away from us, we think that God's not good. We think that he's cutting us off from people that we want to love. We think that he's getting us to do, you know, cutting out our fun and not allowing us to enjoy certain things. But we have to understand and we have to faith that The ways and the things that God tells us to do and the commands that he gives us are for our good and for our benefit. And if we do those things, then we will experience the best life possible, even though it may not seem that way. And when we see the way that God acts in our life, we can Say that the Lord's not good, He's not answering my prayer, he's not, he's not giving this, He's taking this person away from me, He's doing that, and, and it just doesn't seem right. It's then when we have to have the faith that we have a loving Father who's always giving us good gifts. And it should give us confidence as we go before the throne that we ask Him for the forgiveness. That we ask Him for the things that we need. We ask Him to direct us in our hearts, in our lives. Because the Lord is always giving us the good and perfect gift. The things that we need to remember to pray. Is the first of all we need to remember. It's the most important thing that we do in our day. And so we need to resolve in our hearts. That we're going to take time with God. We need to determine in our hearts when that time's going to be, when I'm going to get away, where's the spot, where can I go? But then we need to resolve that we're going to act on our prayers. We're not just going to expect those things just to appear before us, but we're going to ask and we're going to seek and we're going to knock and we're going to put some effort in our prayers. But Most importantly, we're going to trust that our Father hears us and our Father answers us, and he always gives us the thing that we need. We trust his wisdom in our life more than our own. And the more that we pray, and the more that we see God move in our life, and the more we follow his instructions and his directions in our life, we learn more and more that he's trustworthy to handle all things in our life. And that increases our faith. And the more we pray, and the more we see him work, the greater our faith increases. So let us resolve in our hearts to always spend time with the Father. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful
1: for all the things that you
0: bless us with. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who hears us and who listens to us. Lord, we pray, Lord, that uh, as we're here in this time of invitation, we'll open our heart. And listen to you. And seek what it is, Lord, that you're telling us. And, Lord, that we'll follow it in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Amen. Amen.